We've got another questions episode today on the Spring Hills podcast. Today, though, I want to introduce you to somebody that's a special guest. And uh, John Knapp is here. You're not the special guest, though. No, Sorry, I'm not that special. Not the special Ouch. guest. So uh, we have Mike Baker with us, who's the lead pastor at Cross Point Community Church. Um, so, Mike, I want you to introduce yourself. Not your name, because I already said that. But introduce yourself, who you are, how people uh, might know you around Sonoma County or Santa Rosa. Or if they don't know you, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, not many people know me. So, okay. uh, <laughs> no, I was born here, grew up here. Um, uh, Santa Rosa Memorial Hospital and uh, um, TMI moved away for a while. Uh, actually, uh, have a connection with Pastor Brett. He and I went to the same seminary. I was a couple years behind him going oh, to nice. Dallas Seminary. Just a couple. <laughs> Just a couple. Okay. Um, yeah. So moved back um, nine years ago. Now we moved back. I like that um, you kept that vague because the people that are only going to listen to this are going to be like, okay, is he in his late thirties or is he in his sixties? <laughs> Which one is this? Yeah. Well, the, they should go on the YouTube channel and, and check it and out. See, right? right. Right. There's your plug yeah. for the YouTube channel. Uh, all right. So yeah, you moved back here nine years yeah, ago. Now you back are, and go ahead. Uh, yeah, I've been been in the lead role at Crosspoint for about five or six years, cool. and um, yeah, love Sonoma County. There's uh, there's uh, something really special and unique about this area, and feel like uh, God has us here for a reason. So. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's good that he has you here for a reason that he's not telling you to leave right now. We like you here, Mike. Uh, you are popular here around the Spring Hill staff. Anytime you get mentioned, everybody's like, we love Mike. That really? literally is exactly how everybody responds. We Man, love Mike Baker. It's like so. the opposite on the staff at my church. So <laughs> You've got one of those names and reputations, Mike. though, where you say your first and last name. So it's yeah, like, the, oh, yeah. It's the one syllable well, first name. Well, you have one, too. John, John Knapp. Yeah, there's, Mike Baker. There's a thousand Mikes out there, there right? There are. Like, you gotta, you got to clarify which John's. Mike. Yes. There's almost no time in my life if I'm in a room full of people that I'm the only Mike. Sure, yeah. And right now we've got three. How mics. do you spell it? You know, microphones. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you can you can edit out bad yeah. jokes, right? Nope, I got to keep it in there. Got to oh, keep man. the flaws in. Okay, so today <laughs> we're going to talk. Uh, we're doing a questions episode, but we're going to shift a little bit. We had the last two episodes were questions about God and the Bible. Today we're going to be a little bit more specific, and we're going to be uh, we're going to have questions about heaven and hell. Uh, I did prepare both of you for what? this. What? Um, just by, I think just, I, th I forgot to send it to you though. So it was a couple days late. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but we're going to talk about heaven and hell. And I went and found some of the most common questions asked about heaven and hell. And I'm going to pose them to uh, both of our pastors here. And you guys get to duke it out on whether you your opinion is correct or not. Mm. Um, so let's just start this off. Um, does heaven and hell, do heaven and hell exist? That's All a right. question. That is a very common question. That, uh, that I see that people are asking around the world. So do, yeah. they, do they exist? You know, I was thinking about this question, and as I was thinking about it, I feel like more people would say, in general, so biblically speaking, so let's get that out of the way. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. Sorry. Let's get sure that out of the way. I was scared for a second. All right, we're on the same page. <laughs> yes, let's yes. start there. But when I when in general, as you're talking to people about heaven and hell, a lot more people are probably going to feel way more comfortable with the idea of heaven yeah. versus the idea of hell existing and then kind of like superimposing that onto an all loving, all merciful, you know, God being creator. So, um, so yeah, but, uh, you know, it's, it's such a great question because Thank before, you. before you get anywhere, you've got to kind of say, where's your stance on this? And, and Jesus spoke about heaven. He spoke about hell. There's many places throughout the Bible that, you know, speak about and describe even, you know, the, the, the place of both heaven and hell. And so because of those reasons, you know, you, you've got to say 100%, you know, there is a heaven and there's a hell and the Bible tells us about 
who goes there and and what happens there and how long you know you're there and all that kind of stuff yep. you know yeah i i was excited by by the topic when when uh when i first said yeah i'd love to join the podcast or didn't know what the topic would be and so when you said this topic i thought man this is great well, i think i gave you a different one originally yeah and then i shifted it on you yeah um i, I love this because um like you were saying john heaven and hell what could be more fundamental to uh, uh, how we live life now than to understand the future that's out there, right? So for, for us as followers of Jesus to, to sit down and look at and understand and, and take a little time in this podcast to think about what are the potential futures out there? What do we have to look forward to? And also, why is it so important that, that we make sure that, that um, our, our friends and our community around us, our, our neighbors, know the good news of, of Jesus because heaven is real and hell is real. And uh, um, we, we want to make sure that as many people as possible are able to, to uh, find the, the... Well, and in so path. many ways, heaven represents life life everlasting, the life that you find in Christ. Hell represents death, the result of sin. You know, the wages of sin is death. And so when we are talking and when we are sharing the gospel with our community, it literally is the difference between life and death. And that's why it's such an important topic. And people are leaning in a little bit closer when you do bring up the topic of heaven and hell, because it's not very foreign. It is maybe a little mysterious about what it's about, you know, the clouds and the angels and the choirs and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the pitchforks and the fire and all that kind of stuff, which a lot of stuff is put out by Hollywood to kind of make you think that, right? But at the same time, you know, there are some pretty descriptive passages that you could go to that would really help you understand it. But again, it's also a place I've never been. Um, yeah, there's a lot of questions, only, unanswerable only, questions about it until yeah, you get there, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, like you're... I hope, I hope to not be able to the, tell you firsthand example, you know, what, hell. what hell's right, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> where sure I was we'll going with that too, right. later on. Um, if you've been to hell or not, that's no, not one of my questions. No, no, Did John I, go to, nope. Um, okay. So, uh, how we, to get there? We, we've been talking now, Pastor Brett's doing a Genesis series. So we have been talking about, um, how God created the heavens and the earth. Um, and we're in those first few chapters there of Genesis, yeah. but we want to know also for today, we're going to talk about how hell came into being because, um, it's, it's probably one of those things is like, well, why did God even create hell? So let's talk about how did hell come into being? If, if the scriptures say God created the heavens and the earth, what about hell? How did it be, how did it get there? So let's talk about that. Yeah, good question. So uh, uh, you think about everything that God created and everything God created was good in Genesis, right? So then where, what about hell? And I, I was I was thinking about this idea um, because in some ways, God, by by the very nature of creation— Mike, don't back too sorry. far off your— All your right, I'm here, I'm here. Um, by, by the very nature of creation, um, God created imperfection because he created things that weren't himself, right? So if, if we understand hell to be, as Scripture de- describes it, as uh, the place where God's presence is not, then— um, uh, hell as, as a concept kind of came into being when creation started, but the specific purpose for hell um, is, well, one passage in Matthew 25. Oh, that's where I was going to go. Look at you, dude. Yeah, I was you already on it. You beat me. Don't, uh, don't copy me. Uh. So Matthew 25, Jesus is talking about what comes at the end, and, um, and he, he says that hell was created 
to as the place for Satan and the the angels that rebelled against God at the beginning as a, as a place of punishment for them. So so when we think about hell, we often think about people going there, but that wasn't the original intention for hell. It was it was the the place outside of God's presence for those who rebelled against God and humanity is just kind of tied up in this cosmic struggle that's been going on since since uh, uh, earlier on in time between God and Satan. You know, you, was that your answer? No, I, I was going to, I was <laughs> going to say the same thing. I was going to go to the, I was going to say the same thing, but a little bit better. No, uh, I was going to go to the Matthew 25, but also, you know, this idea of existing if, is hell exists. If it exists, then where is it? You know, like the location of it, you know, and I don't think, and you can correct me. I was kind of thinking about last night. There's no specific geographical, you know, location, so to speak, that the Bible talks about that this is the location of hell, but that shouldn't not want us to believe that hell exists because, you know, Jesus talks about it and it's a place that was created for a purpose, you know, and, and God has a purpose for it. And you talked about it in Matthew 25. Right. So, Mike, you're talking about um, the purpose that hell was created. Uh, let's move to, because it wasn't originally, you're saying, it wasn't originally created for humans. It was originally created for those that rebelled against God. So let's talk about who goes to heaven and who goes to hell, because obviously we know that that's not exactly how things are now. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the most important, most fundamental thing, if you don't take anything else from this podcast, the most important thing is uh, the whole reason why Jesus came was to provide a, a pathway to heaven for everyone. Right, so all of us are born into this this uh, situation of rebellion against God. We inherit it as humans, we, from Adam all the way down, and uh, uh, on our own, we couldn't create the path to be able to get to God because the entrance requirement into heaven is perfection. Right, so since none of us are able to to meet that, uh, all of us have sinned. All of us have have fallen short. Romans three, right. So none of us are, are able to be perfect. None of us are able to be in God's presence because he's, he is perfect and he needs perfection around him. And if we got what we deserved, we'd be in hell. We would all right. be in hell. All of us. You know, there, I, I hear as a pastor, I hear, I heard it this last week. Somebody was inviting somebody to church on Facebook and, and, uh, their comment on Facebook back was if I walked into a church, you know, the, the doorways would probably cave in because of all the bad things that I've done. Right. And all that. Um, and, and, um, I think that sometimes that means that we haven't done a good job in the church of, of helping people understand it's not good people who go to church and it's not good people who go to heaven because biblically speaking, there are no good people. We're all sinful. We're all rebel in active rebellion against God. And when Jesus died, he died for those of us who were enemies of him is what what uh, Romans teaches. So, so the entrance into heaven is purely on Jesus' perfection and not ours. When he died, he lived a perfect life, died, took the penalty we deserved. And then we're just saying, God, when you look at me by accepting Jesus, it's when you look at me, don't, uh, uh, don't look at my sinfulness and goodness, look at Jesus's instead. And that's the way to get into heaven and off of the path to hell, which is the path that all of us are born into going. Right. Yeah. 
That's great. That? No, I, I, that's the gospel. Do right you want me there. to just do this with him? Oh, you sh- might just want to do this with Mike. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's all fired up, man. I like it. Yeah. Well, I asked this question the other day with Brett and and Sean Winardi when we were doing um, questions about the Bible, um, but I'm going to ask you guys again just because I want to hear where this goes. Is um, what about people who never hear the gospel? Do they go to hell? Well, I mean, you got to go to Romans one, you know, and talk about how God has uh, made Himself known through. Uh, the revelation of creation and that uh, there is not anybody who is without excuse, you know, is, is, is the scripture that I would go to and say that, you know, God in his wisdom and in his timing and his understanding of everything that, you know, um, you know, people will have rejected the gospel. If anything, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be because the gospel didn't reach them. It will be because of the rejection that they will have because of their hardness of heart or because of their lack of, faith or, or, um, you know, wanting to believe. So, um, gosh, it's, it's so hard, you know, you kind of maybe, uh, bring this question along with, you know, how could an all loving God, you know, uh, send that's my next question people to, to hell. Right. And I remember asking the same question when I was in high school of, you know, like, you know, God loves people so much. He loved the whole world that he sent his only son, you know? So if he gave his only son, like, why would he, you know, not offer this to every single person in the world. And it comes down to this idea that it's because it comes down to a choice. You know, you can accept that gospel message or you can reject it. And the gospel message is free. It's absolutely without any strings attached. It's everything that Christ has done and nothing about yourself. And I was sitting in a chapel one time at a summer camp and uh, remember hearing a speaker kind of talk about this idea because it was something a lot of the teens do talk about, uh, about, you know, rectifying, you know, a loving God and a, a place of eternal torment and darkness and hell and separation from God. And, you know, he, he just said, you know, something very clear. Um, and it was in the context of his whole message, but it was that, you know, God doesn't send people to hell. You know, um, we send ourselves when we reject the gospel message. Um, and when you can kind of come to the, the conclusion of that statement and recognize, you know, that, that we do hold um, I guess the keys to a sense of, of accepting and rejecting the gospel um, and, you know, pray that you don't reject right, the gospel. Right. But um, yeah, that's what, yeah I would, that's, that's what I would say. That's so well, let's good. Go, yeah, you, Mike, I know you're excited about this question, um, but yeah, let's just keep just, going on that. You can just see it on my face. I, huh? Yeah. I'm God's so loving. All these why, questions. If God's so loving, why does he let anyone go to hell? Yeah. Well, uh, I love what you said there, John, because talking about, um, well, why wouldn't God make it so everybody can go to heaven? And and as Christians, we're like, he did. That's what he did. Like <laughs> exactly. the whole reason why Jesus came was yep. for that purpose. Exactly. Right? Um, and I heard uh, I heard Joshua Ryan Butler talk about this from up in Portland a, a couple years ago, and uh, I somewhat hesitate to to mention his name because uh, um, uh, I'm not recommending to go out and read all of his stuff because he he draws some conclusions that I don't agree with in in some of his theology. But I love what he has to say about this question in heaven. He said, uh, "Imagine that Jesus's uh, death for us is like a marriage proposal, right? I, I love you, and I want it." This is kind of awkward as I stare into yeah, your eyes, John. I love you. Got you got really really intense eye contact going with the I John. Love you. You've got a great relationship going on. <laughs> I want to spend the rest of my life with you, right? That's yeah. what Jesus says on the cross. I, I love you. Uh, I want us to be able to spend eternity together in heaven. And and there are these these kind of explanations that people have come up with 
to try to explain a, a more loving way for God to go about it. Well, maybe it's annihilationism, right? Maybe hell doesn't last forever. Maybe everybody who rejects God eventually dies. Or, or maybe you can go to purgatory and pay for your sins for a while and eventually get led into heaven. Or, or maybe you don't really have to just believe in Jesus. Maybe as long as you just believe anything good, um, uh, you're a good Muslim or you're, you're a good Hindu or whatever. Maybe if, if it's sincere enough, you can get into heaven. And, and here's how, how he explained it. He said, imagine that, that, uh, that marriage proposal, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Um, imagine that it looked like this. I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And if you say no to me, I'll kill you. That's annihilationism, right? That's the idea that anybody who doesn't believe in God is, uh, is going to get killed in the end. That's, that's not loving. Or imagine, I love you, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, and if you say no, I'm going to lock you in the basement until you say yes. That's like the purgatory idea, yeah. right? Like you die having rejected God, but you're going to stay in purgatory until you finally come around to it, right? Or, or how about this? I love you, I want to spend the rest of, of my life with you, and you can bring all of your, your other lovers too. That's the idea of you don't have to just follow Jesus. Bring your other, bring Buddha with you. Bring, bring your sin with you. You know, what do we have to look forward to in heaven? It's perfection. All of this stuff. I was listening to, to one of your podcasts that, where you talked about God and evil. Why does God allow evil and stuff? And we look forward to the time where all that's wiped away, right? We don't, we don't want to look forward to a heaven where people are bringing their sin and their junk too. That wouldn't be loving. That's called to earth. say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be loving to say, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you and bring all your junk too. Right? No, we're, we're looking forward bring to bring your money. Netflix account. <laughs> and he, what he said is the last option is, and this is the loving marriage proposal. I love you. I want to spend the rest of, of my life with you. And if you don't want to, then go your own way. And that's what God's actually done. So all these other explanations, annihilationism or purgatory or, or believe whatever you want, they aren't actually a loving marriage proposal. The real loving marriage proposal is, I love you, I want to spend my life with you, and if you don't, you can go your own way. And that's what God's actually offered us. If we really understand hell as the absence of the presence of God, that's what I'm choosing if I choose to reject what God's done for me in Jesus on the cross and I choose to go my own way without him. Right, right. Man, that's a good answer, Mike. Good job. Uh, I'll give you, uh, let's see, yeah, well, a you 95 give me a gold, out a of 100. Star. Um, I'll give you a good score there. Um, I want to ask this why does, why do Why is it say 100 next to all of John's answers? On because I like John more Man. than you like John. Wow. Um, so I want to get to this question. Um, is there, because we, we know that you mentioned already, uh, eternal life, eternal death, right? So let's talk about that. Is there an ending to heaven? Is there an ending to hell? Or is it forever? You know, this is a question that I actually had to think through a little bit because you think about everlasting life and then you think about like John three sixteen, thinking like you're going to be in heaven with God forever. Maybe you've even heard that statement before, mm -hmm. but the Bible teaches us about a new heaven and a new earth that's going to be created that we're going to, we're going to dwell in, you know? Mm. And so, um, it's such a, it's, 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 a it's not that it, heaven's going to expire, you know, in a sense of like, it's, you know, over and done with, but there's scriptures that 
that specifically tell us about you know the creation of a new earth that we're gonna that we're gonna dwell in. And so um, I was gonna go look through some of the um, some of the Bible verses that kind of help us understand that. While I'm looking for that, you know, um, maybe I can throw it over to Mike and you could jump in and help me with this. But the ending of a heaven and hell um, is a good question to talk about because you kind of just think like, oh, it just goes on forever. And right? everything that we know has an ending, has a beginning, has an end. So it's eternity is hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, John's favorite passage, Matthew 25, answers every one of these questions. So at the end of Matthew 25, it says, uh, uh, Jesus is talking, he said, uh, these will go away, those that, that reject God, these will go away into eternal punishment, separation from God, but the righteous into eternal life. So, so there, both of these ideas, heaven and hell, are both presented as this is an ongoing, eternal, perpetual state. Um, but but I, think, uh, I think it's a good question to come back to and kind of talk about heaven and hell right now versus heaven and hell in the yeah. future. Well, and in Matthew 24, uh, Jesus even says that heaven and earth will pass away, yeah. you know, which I think you have to kind of like say, stop for a second. Wait, what do you mean heaven and hell will pass away? And then basically he goes on to say, but my words will never pass away. This means that trusting in Jesus is wiser than really trusting in anything of this world, which is another reason why you should you know, put your trust in him and, and, and believe in him so that in him you will find the life that you're looking for that will last forever, which is yeah. what we're looking for. We're not looking for a life with term limits, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking right. for life everlasting. And, right. you know, I think that, um, you know, as we put our trust in Jesus, we, we recognize that certain things might change in terms of how, you know, depending on when you die, right? I mean, yeah. when you die, different things, like, it, that's a whole nother conversation, but in in the in the full pan of all time, you know, you're looking for everlasting life. You're going to find it in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say. So then, let's define our terms real quick, because so if we're talking about heaven, so heaven and earth will pass away. Well, but heaven's eternal. What are we talking about? So so biblically, uh, different different meanings for the word heaven, right? Like we go outside and you look up to the heavens. You look up to, that's where the clouds are, right? And this is part of our confusion because right. in, in pop culture, um, they act like heaven, eternal life heaven is up in the clouds. Right. Like you're sitting on a cloud playing a harp and all that stuff. No, that's like out in the heavens or or celestial bodies like stars and planets and all that stuff. That's out in the heavens. Well, but that isn't heaven heaven like we're talking about. So so yeah, this physical earth and, and atmosphere and all that stuff, God's going to transform that into a new earth uh, at the end of time. But heaven uh, is is presented, the, the dwelling place of God heaven that we're talking about is like another dimension. It's like a, a parallel realm. And, and there are these times where it comes close, right? So, so Elisha sees it as Elijah goes into heaven. Nebuchadnezzar sees it. Daniel sees it. Ezekiel sees it, right? Uh, Stephen sees it as he's being stoned. He looks up. It's there. Jesus himself says that it's near. Paul sees it. Um, so it isn't so much a, a different location physically. We, we think in, in those terms, but it's not a different location physically. It, it's, a, it's a different dimension that can be accessed from our dimension, but um, uh, but normally there's a barrier between it, and God opens it up. Uh, Isaiah six, right? God opens it up so that 
Isaiah is physically in the temple, but suddenly now he's also in this other realm for a little while. And that is what's eternal, that, that uh, other realm of heaven. And, and the cool thing is, and we'll probably get more into this, but that new heaven and new earth at the end of time, that's when there's no more barrier between these two realms, right? So God takes this earth and, and uh, destroys and remakes and, and wipes out, purges sin and, and brings purity that we're all longing for, right? And then the new heaven and the new earth are together in the same place, intervolved together to where they aren't separated anymore. And we get to experience the spiritual and the physical all together, which, um, man, I can't wait for that. I don't know if we'll have time to get to it today, but dude, we're gonna we'll we'll keep going on this uh, this topic. I want to get to a couple other ones real quick before we have to have to cut it off here. Um, Mike, you were specifically you had said you were excited to answer the question um, when we go to heaven. Do Christians become angels? When yeah, we die? you wanted to talk about that for a minute. Is that your answer? Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. How about you? What do you think? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's fight. Okay. Right now. Uh, yeah. Next so- time on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is one of those pop culture things that that we just get wrong and that I hear so many Christians who who um, uh, just haven't had the opportunity to hear what the Bible says about these things. Uh, angels are a totally different creation of God. Um, the, it's it's like saying, oh, does a does an ant become an elephant when they die? Right. Right. Like, no, it's a, it, that's a totally different type of creature. Uh, I'm a human and I will always be a human. And, uh, and part of what, what uh, I think is behind this question is this idea that right now I'm, I'm um, burdened, I'm held back by this physical body that I'm in, and I can't wait to just shed this physical body and finally be a spiritual being without sin anymore, uh, and, and that spiritual being is an angel. That, that's like the idea that right, people yeah, have. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's not actually a biblical idea. That's a Gnostic idea that came in. The, the Gnostics had this, this idea that uh, the physical world is all bad and the spiritual world is good, and so we need to lay aside the physical and, and pick up the spiritual. And, and the writers of the New Testament are writing against that idea and saying, don't fall for Gnosticism. Christianity is different. The physical world, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, like this was created as good. There's nothing inherently evil about what's physical. And the future that we look forward to as Christians is a physical as well as spiritual uh, future that we look forward to. So, so Paul in, in 2 Corinthians 5 talks about this, this um, body that we live in, this tent that we're in. And he says, you know, um, we don't look forward to it being laid aside because then we would be naked without it. We look forward to it being perfected, right? So, so at death, we're separated from our bodies for a while. But what we look forward to is resurrection. We look forward to that time where our, our spiritual self and our physical self are reunited, but in a perfect way. Not, not an angel floating around, you know, I, I kind of hear that idea like, oh, I'm going to be a disembodied soul floating around with Jesus forever or whatever. No, that's just an intermediate thing waiting for that future time where they're going to be reunited and we live and a physical and spiritual world together. New heaven and new earth, physical body, spiritual body, yeah. just without sin. Yeah, the book of Romans talks about the, the new physical body that you'll be given, you know, a spiritual body that won't have, you know, the aches and pains and the yeah. hurts of this life. That Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 
You know, you'll look better than you'll ever look before, you know, and you'll have Did you a, say one time you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to have an eight pack or something. I'll have something like that, you know, but yeah, absolutely. It's important. Yeah. Um, I want to ask one more question before we get going. And, um, that's, uh, talking about our loved ones that are, that are in heaven, um, or if they're not in heaven. And, uh, the question is this, will we be sad if we get to heaven and find out that someone we love isn't there? Yeah. Good. Let's start with you, John. Gosh, I think that as I think about being in heaven and being a part of the saints and, you know, the chorus of hallelujah and rejoicing and worshiping of God, you know, I'd love to be able to think that I'm going to be able to kind of think the same way that I think on earth, right? I guess it's hard for me to, to, to make that jump though and think that I'm going to have the same mind, the same attitude, the same focus, the same attention in heaven that I'm going to have while I'm here on earth. And so I don't think the Bible specifically says, you know, anything against it or anything for it. But um, I think that in heaven, we're going to be focused on worshiping God. And I do know that there will, there won't be things like, um, you know, pain or suffering or tears, sadness, sadness that kind of go to that revelation, you know, he'll wipe away every, every tear. And so the idea of sadness, you know, I think, Ultimately, I think that's something that, that God takes on, you know, in his heart being broken for creation that would reject him, mm-hmm. you know, and that our focus would then be brought upward towards worshiping glorifying and him. glorifying him. Um, it's such a hard question, though, because it's so wrapped up in emotion of your loved ones here on earth. But mm-hmm. yeah. it does bring me peace when I do have someone that I'm very close to that does die. Like Paul says, we don't rejoice without hope. We rejoice with hope, knowing that, you know, they'll they'll be in heaven. Well, we talk us. often about being reunited with yeah. people in heaven. Is, yeah. do, are we reunited with our loved ones in heaven? In what way? Uh, when we get to heaven and let's say... Like, um, just, like being married and like... Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, you married uh, brothers, sisters, and I mean, is it are you reunited with your family? I guess the short answer would be that I just don't see anything uh, supportive in, in, in Scripture that Saying says... Saying that we would be. That we would be married and united like that. Jesus yeah, Jesus, has, Jesus Jesus gets asked this question, right? Yeah. And, and uh, it's one of those, let's try to trip him up. So this lady was married to all these different brothers who died and all that, yeah. and you kind of wonder, like, how is she... Is she responsible for all these deaths, right? And who's mm-hmm. she going to be married to? And they're trying to show, because right. it was the Sadducees who didn't believe in resurrection. So they're trying to say like, see, this is ridiculous. Who would she even be married to? And, and Jesus says, well, you aren't, you aren't given in marriage in heaven. You're going to be like the angels, whatever, whatever that means. Um, not you will be an angel, no. <laughs> yeah. but, but like. you'll, you'll interact in, in that same way. So, uh, so coming back to the question, of being reunited. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that we look forward to, right? Is, um, being, being united and reunited with, with believers in Jesus that, uh, that have gone before, um, that are waiting for us. And one of the pictures that, um, that I really like in, in the book heaven by Randy Alcorn, which is a great, I, I like that, that Alcorn kind of dreams about heaven there. He goes through all the, the passages on, in scripture, on heaven and does a great job of painting a picture of it. But then he also says, and what if it's like this? And, and he kind of dreams a little bit too. So uh, one of the things that he says that I, I thought was just beautiful and, and seems to capture the, the heart of God, he said, it's weird in, in a couple of the passages on heaven, it talks about children in heaven. And that seems strange because, I mean, we already talked about 
no, you're going to be at some perfect adult age, whatever it is, like 33, right? Like, yeah, good. Thanks for grabbing my non bicep, Mike. (laughs) Oh, is the bicep over here? (laughs) Yeah. I sat on the left side, not the right (laughs) side. I missed the bicep. Um, no, but, but we think like, oh, we're, we're going to be at this age. Why would there be kids in heaven? Right. Some people are going to be perpetual children. And, and he says, well, no, eventually we'll all be that age. But he says, what if the reason why sometimes we see kids pictured in heaven, what if these are, are kids that, that parents lost as children? What if God in his love said, you missed out on the opportunity to watch your child grow up, to go through all those stages and all of that stuff? What if, what if God gives the opportunity to parents to be able to watch their child grow up there. Never heard that heaven. before, but that just blew my mind. You isn't said that be- that's in Randy Alcorn's book? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd isn't never that, heard that either. Which we do beautiful? recommend anything Randy Alcorn would write. Anything? Well, I'm, I mean, right? <laughs> I, I, the way you no, said that, I was like, wait, what we, I feel yeah, like, no, it, it's really, really good. I haven't good. read anything bad from yeah, Randy no, Alcorn. It's, that's it's kind of really, the point really I was good. trying to make there. Yeah, is that. yeah another one. Uh, another good book, uh, Heaven Explained by Inns, E-N-N-S is his last name. Uh, that's that's another really really good one, but yeah, Alcorn Alcorn's fantastic and it's thick, but but it isn't it isn't um, heavy thick. It's it's beautiful imagery like that, and 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 thinking about that, it just kind of puts us back into the the picture of remember, God is a loving God. You know, your question of aren't we going to be sad when people aren't there? Well, somehow this all fits into the master plan of a God who is loving and, and beautiful. That was the word that I thought of when you said God giving parents the opportunity to see something that they earthly missed out on. I was like, wow, right. that's such a loving gift. It, doesn't that just seem like, that's why that really resonated with yeah. me when I read that is, doesn't that seem like that's so God? Yeah. <laughs> that's so something God would do. And so when we're in heaven, like here on earth, we look at it and we say, well, I could never be okay with being separate with knowing that people are, mm-hmm. are um, not here and all of that stuff. But God in his infinite love is okay with it. Yeah. I'm going to understand that a lot better when I'm there with him yeah. than I do right now. And, and part of that too, I just wanted to say as well, is that like when you start thinking down that road, obviously you don't necessarily have, you know, chapter verse to back that up. Right. Right. And so we're not going to say gospel you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a, what if, but the idea is that God has gone and he is preparing a place and he has thought through all these and in his character, he has, he is going to provide an everlasting life. Perfect. Beyond your imagination. beyond your imagination, beyond your imagination. And so what you just said about parents being able to like, God's got so much in store that yep. we could never even comprehend. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I feel uh, I feel a sequel coming on here. I'll get you guys scheduled. We'll keep going because I've got some more questions here to tie more into that, um, into the same conversation we're having, but we'll cut it off here. Uh, so next time, part two, sequel uh, with John and Mike, I'll make sure I get you guys both here, especially now that you professed your love to, to John. Um, we know how much you care for him, so we'll make sure you I'll get on the to, episode. And make sure to say something nice to my wife on the podcast. I was, yes. I was yeah, just yeah. going to say, be preparing those, uh, those makeup comments. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, um, be at church this weekend. We got church. Um, same times as normal. We're meeting inside. Not you, Mike, because you're going to be over at your own church. Uh, John, make sure you're there. Uh, but yeah, church this weekend, same times as normal. Uh, we'll see you there. Don't miss out on it. All right, guys. See you later.